Hey, welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. We've got a steamy topic today, especially for those who are parents. Yes. This is going to be an important one to listen to. But before we dive in, Ashley wants to share a recent review. Yes. Thank you again for all of you leaving reviews. If you have not left a five-star review yet and you love the Naked Marriage Podcast, please do so because that's that's how we let people know yeah, about it. It helps so, a lot. It helps so much. Okay, we have one today from Amelia Brott. She entitled it, What a Game Changer. She says, this podcast is such an insightful and beautiful podcast. I haven't been listening for terribly long and I am already hooked. This podcast has helped me to recenter my feelings around marriage. All of my siblings are getting married within a year and I couldn't help but feel a jealousy brewing around what they are getting to go through and getting to be with the person they love. Currently, my boyfriend, hopefully soon to be fiance, is not able to get married yet and we have discussed this topic in depth. This podcast has really helped me to get away from this selfish view of jealousy that was beginning to come up into my life and now I can share in their happiness with a security that I don't need to rush things just because my siblings are. I am someone who definitely agrees with saving yourself for marriage, but my siblings aren't and it's sometimes a challenge in myself to fully come to terms, although they are getting what they want now. The way that I am going is the way that God has instructed and if I have the ability to follow that, I should. This podcast has brought me peace of mind and excitement for how I can improve my current relationship with my Christian boyfriend and my siblings. I am so excited to listen more. Thank you. I just love that. Thank you so much, Amelia, for sharing that. And we hope that you keep on listening and and are soon to be engaged. We're so excited for you and all the things ahead. We're excited about this topic today. So let's dive in. I'm so excited we are diving into this topic today because this is huge. This is huge. And it's not it's not as specifically a marriage issue as most of what we discuss, but I think that your marriage has an awful lot to do with this. And for those of you who have children, man, this episode is for you today because one of the most important and sacred and scariest duties as a parent is to teach your kids about relationships, to prepare them to be a good husband or wife someday, and specifically to talk to them about God's plan for sex in a world that is so confused on these issues. They're hearing a million different messages. We have four boys ranging in age from preschool to high school, and they're just growing up in a world that's different because of the access they have through technology to a whole bunch of information that we didn't have as as much access to a generation ago. And so it's even more important than ever for parents to be the ones who are guiding these conversations because here's the deal. Your kids are hearing about sex um, way earlier than you think. Uh, They're seeing stuff way earlier than you think. And putting our heads in the sand as parents is not the approach. You You can't delegate this just to churches or schools or anything else. From the time your kid is in kindergarten, they are learning and hearing things about sex. And so we're gonna talk about how to have the talk with your kids because here's the first secret of it. The talk is not one talk. It is an ongoing conversation that starts early and it continues. And so how to be that safe place for your kid to talk about sex. And and that's what we're going to dive into. We've been doing this a lot lately. We spoke to our kids (laughs) youth group last night about sex and relationships and pornography. And um, and our high schooler were just kind of burying his heads in his sand, in his hands, listening to his parents talk about sex in front of all of his friends. It was pretty awkward (laughs) for him. Um, But we've we t- we counted a privilege to be able to have these conversations. So we're just gonna we're gonna dive in and talk about it on the on the podcast, and hopefully yeah. this will this will be helpful to your family. That's right. You know, I think that it, it is something where it can be so awkward for parents. I mean, I just want to to just recognize that that I understand the awkwardness that many of us feel talking about this, and I think it's for many different reasons. I think part of it is you're afraid the questions 
that you're, uh, you're afraid of, the questions that your child may ask you when it comes to you personally, because especially, you know, as Christians, we're encouraging our kids to wait to have sex until they're married. And so, of course, it lends itself to kids saying, oh, well, did you and did you and dad wait? Did you and mom wait? And um, what what were your experiences? You know, because kids are curious. And, and so I think a lot of parents shy away from this because they're afraid of the questions they're going to receive. But the bottom line is, you know, as parents, we want our kids to come to us first before going to Cosmopolitan or before going to the internet. My goodness, I mean, yeah. there's no telling what they're going to find there. Or even their friends at school. We want we want ourselves as parents to be the main resource in their life when it comes to sex and relationships. And how we cultivate that kind of relationship with them is by being, you know, early on those first people to talk with them about it. And of course, when you bring this up with your kids, they, you know, they've probably already heard the word sex. And like for us, I think we started having these conversations around nine or 10. Am I, am I saying that yeah, right? In age appropriate yeah. ways. And they had already heard the word sex. I, in fact, I remember Connor, our second one, had a very weird idea of what it was. And so I'm really glad we had that conversation with right, him. Because he'd heard a lot. He had heard a lot. We were like, oh gosh, that's really not at all, you know, what it is. And um, and for us, you know, again, we talk about it in age-appropriate ways, but we also, we use the actual words for body parts yeah. because I think that can cause a lot of confusion when you yeah, have little say, well, code the, words, there's you the, know. There's the toot toot and the ha ha. And, yeah. they and they're like, what are you talking about? What in the about? world is like, that? Just <laughs> use real words like, you know, <laughs> penis and vagina. And right. like this, you don't have to that's blush just using real words. And so that's, that is his part of it. Yeah. And so like, you know, we, we started talking about it and in age appropriate ways, easing into it, talking about it, answering any questions. And we just kind of go on from there. And I'm glad we did this because early on, you know, we always told our boys, you can ask us anything. And if you have a question about something, no matter what it is, you can ask us if it's a word, if it's an act, you know, if, or if you have no clue what it is and you've heard this at school or you hear, you hear all the kids are doing it or whatever, please come to us and ask us. And thankfully, you know, our oldest Cooper is a freshman in high school now. Over the years, he has come to us. And and you guys, sometimes there's been words where I, I act like I know what it is and I have to go look it up. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's what they're calling it these days? Like, right. because they have new words for things. And, um, and then we'll sit down and we'll explain it to him. And then we'll talk about what God has to say about this. What does the word say about this? And then we'll talk about, you know, the, the, the real... Godly view of sex and what sex is really meant for, and you know why? Why do some people kind of follow a different path? And we'll just have these age appropriate conversations. Yeah, and and it does have to start early. You know, I, I remember um, I took you know our our middle son Connor. Um, when I took him to the, the haircut place barbershop when he was like six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And yeah. they had all these magazines at the barbershop, and I didn't really you know look through the magazines first because it was like a field and stream on the top, and I thought that's just what all of them were. But I looked over and he his eyes are so big and he's staring at this magazine and, and I go over and look at what he's looking at and it's Maxim. He's looking at Maxim magazine. And if you're not sure what Maxim is, it's it's kind of like, you know, like one step up from Playboy, you know, it's it's scantily clad ladies. Um, and so he was just looking at this and, and we close and say, buddy, um, you know, listen, like that's, we shouldn't look at that. And, you know, we started having a conversation with him yeah. about like, look, you know, God, wired us up to to be visual and to be drawn to you know to 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 seeing to seeing people's bodies but when we just stare at at somebody's body um really that's that's not that's not good for anybody and I started trying to have that conversation in an age appropriate yeah. way and he goes but daddy I like looking at those girls and I'm yeah. like well buddy you know that desire that God put within you to appreciate um to appreciate a woman's, a, a woman's beauty yeah. that's something from God but he's put that 
in you very specifically for you to be able to adore and cherish your wife someday Mm -hmm. and for you to look at other ladies that way just for just for your own entertainment really it's not being nice to those ladies and it's not being nice to god and it's it's going to hurt you too and he's you know i'm trying to have it in a a seven-year-old appropriate way and he goes okay okay so i give him you know like a field and stream so he can look at pictures of of uh like dogs and dogs and stuff (laughs) And I look over a minute later and he's got the field and stream held up, but he's got those big eyes again. And I walk over and at seven years old, he had hidden a Maxim inside the field and stream magazine. And he's like, I'm sorry, daddy, I can't help it. I just really like looking at these ladies. And so we, we closed <laughs> it and, you know, we, we had more talks about that at home. And, yeah. but you, you've got to, you've got to meet your kids right where they are. And you've got to be willing to dive into the messy conversations at seven or at 17. Our oldest Cooper came home from his first day of eighth grade. Oh yeah. You want to tell him that story? Because this was an eye-opening moment for us. Yeah. Again, we always tell him, you know, please come ask us. Like, don't assume what you hear at school is the truth. You know, ask us about anything. So he comes home. We're like, oh, hey, buddy, how was school? He's like, it was pretty good. Something weird happened on the bus though. And we're like, what? And um, he said, well, first I want to ask you a question, mom. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, do girls like to see pictures of boys' penises? And I was like, what? You yeah, know, but you didn't act shocked. I you didn't. Know, you're, I didn't. You're I really hold it because back. Because <laughs> we've learned that if we act shocked about anything, our kids or shut disgusted. down. Or disgusted. Yeah. They shut down. And so we've yeah, got to talk about it. Yeah, we've got to stay calm and keep the conversation going. I'm just praising you. Sorry well, to interrupt, but you, I was holding it you back. did that. You were just like, oh, well, tell me more. I was like, okay, now why? Why were you asking that? And he goes, well, he goes, on the bus, there were all these guys who had taken pictures of their penis and some were doing it, like, you know, putting it down their pants with the flash on taking a picture, showing it to each other and then texting girls with, and they they refer to it, you know, as like a penis pic or they have other unsavory terms for it. But it's like, that was a thing. And he's like, and I could tell that this was something they do regularly. And he's like, is that really something girls like? And he's like, I, and he already knew like this because wasn't a good said, thing. We, but girls they said love girls like this. Pictures right, and, and I was like, buddy, let me tell you, okay? I've lived a long time. This is not something that girls want to receive in their inbox, okay? And it, and plus, it's it's forever. Like, you take a picture, it, it's there. You can erase it. Apple still has it. Android still has it. Like, you don't, you know, do those kind of things. And I'm like, and it's really kind of gross and disrespectful and to illegal, a woman to send actually. that in illegal, actually, um, because it would be considered child pornography. But it's like, you know, I, I just explained all this in a very calm way. I sound more excited, you know, talking about it right now because it's something I'm so passionate about, like him not doing. But like, I I was, you know, I did it real chill and, and talked to him about it. And and it was it was so good that he came to us to talk about that because I thought, oh my gosh, I would hate it if my son thought that that was like a thing. And then heaven forbid, he's like taking pictures of himself, sending it to some girl and bless her heart. Like she received that and was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, this kid sent this to me and oh my gosh. So like, it's it's a thing, you know, and kids are doing this. And then there's girls going in bathrooms, you know, sending uh, naked pictures too. And, and it becomes this thing that that takes them down a road they never thought they were going down. They think it's a cool thing to do. And it really exposes them to, to, to things that... Um, they, I know they never intended. And that's what happens when we don't have these conversations, when we don't give our kids guidance, when we don't allow them to come to us and to have, you know, really honest, raw questions and us be able to give them an answer. And so that's why we want to start these conversations early. Yeah, you've got to start early. You've got to, you've got to tie in your, your principles and your beliefs to it. It's not Absolutely. just the nuts and bolts, the birds and the bees. It's, or just saying, don't do it. Like, or, yeah, and, and or just don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Just just keep your pants on, which yeah. you know isn't terrible advice, but you, you know, kids need a lot more information than that. They right. really need for you to unpack 
what did God intend when he made when he created sex? And why do I have these feelings? Yeah, where do these feelings come yeah. from? What am I supposed to do with them? Um, you've got to be willing to walk with your kid through that. You've got to, I would challenge you to get them in a healthy youth group yes. at church because outside the home, it's not the school's job next. It's it's the, the church where your kids should be learning about sex on a foundation of faith. And a healthy church, a healthy youth group is going to address these issues in a healthy way. It's going right. to be more than just don't do it, don't do it, even though until you're married, that is, you know, essentially a big part of the, the message. But the big questions of why and, and why this is such a gift, this isn't something dirty, this isn't something something shameful. Every desire within you is something God put there um, that, that he wants to fulfill within the covenant of marriage between one man, one woman for life. And the world is settling for all kinds of counterfeit messages as it relates to sex. And if we're not, if we're not tackling this head on, if we're not talking about consistently you know, God's design for sex and, and what happens when we step outside that design, right. um, it's really, really going to hurt, you know, ourselves and others. I've, I've got a resource coming out that could be helpful for you in this. Um, on November 12th, I've got a new book coming out called Raising Boys Who Respect Girls. And it's amazing. Oh, you're too kind. But I, <laughs> I do passionately believe in this message uh, because raising four sons and wanting them to become men of honor and integrity that will become great husbands and fathers someday and get the message right in their own life as it relates to sex as it relates to all their interactions with the opposite sex, how they view themselves, and really living to be the the man of honor and integrity and courage that God created them to be, and not being ashamed of being a man because right. God created them to be men. And I think sometimes in our culture, just you know, we think, well, you know, men being a man is in some ways under under attack. And God wants real courageous men, not toxic men, not men who use or abuse women, but men who will protect, respect cherish and adore the women in their lives. And so I spent a long time researching and writing this book to help with that. And leading up to November 12th, there's actually a video series you can get for free if you pre-order the book at RaisingBoysWhoRespectGirls.com. And the video course is for parents of boys and girls, and it's all about how to have the talk. Right. It's kind of what we're doing in this podcast, but it's spread out over kind of four episodes. More details. With more detail of how and when to have age-appropriate conversations so you can learn more about that at RaisingBoysWhoRespectGirls.com. But sweetie, why don't you talk a little bit about an analogy that's really resonated with our kids and with kids at youth group that you share when you're trying to create word pictures that your kids are going to get about what sex is supposed to be, what right. it's not supposed to be. It's all around the imagery of a fireplace, a which fireplace. I love. So tell us a little bit about that. Right. Well, um, years ago, I taught middle school and I had to have this talk with the kids. And I thought, you know, I want to make sure they know sex is a good thing, but that it's something that is powerful and it needs to have, you know, there's boundaries that God has put in place. And so I, I just thought about a fireplace, you know, sex is a fire and the fireplace is marriage. You know, it's designed to be within within the confines, you know, of, of marriage. And, and that's where it is. That's where it's supposed to flourish. And when, when a fire is in a fireplace, it warms the whole house. It's a beautiful sight. It's something that is, is awesome to experience. You know, we all want to get cozy by the fire. We want to roast marshmallows on the fire. But when a fire goes outside that fireplace, it causes destruction. It burns yes. things. It hurts people. And it, it, it you know, it has, it has kind of a path of destruction. It's not to say that when when sex is outside of the bounds of marriage, it doesn't mean that we're damaged for life. I want to make that very clear. And so we need to, to teach our kids about the grace that God has, but that it does come, it comes with some baggage. You know, when we when we take sex outside of the boundaries of marriage and, and we use it in ways that God didn't intend it, then we're going to be hurt. We're going to carry that with us. And 
And it's something that, you know, in the moment it feels good and we don't think about those those consequences. But in the long run, you know, if we keep on sleeping with all these different people and we use sex just for our own satisfaction or we get addicted to pornography, we use it in ways that hurt others and hurt ourselves, then we're not, you know, we're, we're really not gonna be able to fully give our heart and our mind to our spouse in, in, in that in that way that God really wants for us. And it will, not that God can't, you know, heal us, not that God can't even renew our mind and our heart. And we can't, you know, we can always recommit ourselves to being sexually pure, so to speak, and to, to, to recommitting that, you know, to our spouse. But it's better to teach them now, you know, right out of the gate, what sex is meant for. And, and it's something that is meant to be enjoyed. It's something also meant for procreation. We say for pleasure and procreation. And it's also something that represents the covenant that, that marriage really is. And it mirrors the covenant that Jesus has made with us, his bride, the bride of Christ, the church. And so it's this beautiful, powerful thing. And when that fire is kept going strong in the fireplace of marriage, it's beautiful. But we have to be so careful to not bring it outside that and to not use it in ways that it wasn't intended for. Because, you know, we do live in a world that says it's just an act. It's just something to give us pleasure. And um, we just need to, you know, fulfill our sexual needs and, and that's all it's meant for. And however you do that, so, you know, whatever, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, it, it's fine, you know? And, and if you're doing it in the privacy of your home, own home, it's fine. But the bottom line is there's so many counterfeit ways, you know, sexual counterfeit things going on like pornography and ways that people use sex to just meet their own needs that is harming themselves and harming others over and over again. And then eventually leading to things like sexual abuse and, you know, using sex in ways where somebody did not consent and did not want this. And, and, and so we just really, we need to be our kid's advocate as young as, as we can and, and start having these age appropriate, but also very honest and, and uh, pointed conversations where we're very clear about what sex is and how, how we're meant you know, to experience this. And, and just talking about how it is this gift. It's not, yeah. it's not a dirty thing. It's not a shameful thing when it's used in the way that God intended. No, it's, it is a beautiful gift. But just like every beautiful and powerful gift, you know, Satan who can't create anything, he can only pervert that which has been created. He tries to sabotage it and create right. counterfeits with it and use it uh, as a weapon. And our, and our right. culture has bought into that and is using sex as a weapon without even realizing the pain they're inflicting on themselves and on others. Right. So we've got to go back to the biblical standard for what sex is. And, you know, Jesus himself you know, he only uh, affirmed two different kind of lifestyle choices as it relates to sex. One is celibacy, um, which is what he called, you know, being a eunuch. And maybe there are some who, who are listening who you might have kids who are, who are called to that. But for most, for most people, it's option B, which I'm thankful I'm an option B, and that is marriage. And the only kind of sex within marriage that, that Jesus affirmed is one man, one woman within the monogamous covenant of marriage for life. That's the standard. That's 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 what God wants for us. And that is where the best sex is going to exist. And anything outside of that is going to hurt. It's going to hurt you and it's going to hurt others. I'm so glad, Ashley, you brought up porn. Uh, I think that part of the, the sex conversation has got to include pornography in our time because our kids are being exposed to porn at just crazy early ages. You, know, yeah. you might think you've done everything, everything right to protect your kids from porn and chances are they're they're going to see it. 19 out of 20 kids are exposed to porn before they hit eight, their 18th birthday. Average age of first exposure now is 10 years old. So kids are getting sexual imagery put into their mind, whether they were looking for it or not, from before that they're they're even able to process it. Their right. mind and body aren't in a place to even process it. And it is 
it is shaping their view of sex and sexuality. And if they feel like they can't talk to you about what they're seeing right. and experiencing and feeling, then they're going to carry those experiences themselves. They're going to try to process it themselves. They're going to deal with it in shame. Not being able to talk to you is also potentially going to put them in a dangerous situation if they were to ever experiencing any type of sexual abuse right. or come across some right. kind of sexual predator. Mm-hmm. Because if they are carrying like any kind of shame related to anything about sex, well, I can't talk to mom and dad about that. They might have experienced some horrific thing, unwanted touching, or, or possibly even something more grotesque. Right. And not be able to talk to you about it because you're not engaging in conversation saying, I want you to be able to tell me anything. Right. And let's talk openly about sex and God's plan for it and, you know, what happens when it's misused and let them know if anyone has ever, ever touched you in an unwanted way, that is not your fault. Right. You did not do anything to to ask for that. But I want you to be able to tell me and together we're going to get help. Together we're going to protect you from from anybody out there that might be in your life, who's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, we've got to be able to have these conversations because we're surrounded by, through technology, pornography is a form of, of child sex abuse. Ex- the kids are being exposed to it and it's it's abusive and we've got, to, we've got to deal with that. But also we're in a world where sadly there are predators walking right. around among us and we don't have to live in fear, but we need to be vigilant and we need to be able to talk to our kids about right. these things and make sure they know we're a safe place for them to talk to as well. I mean, we even, just speaking about the predator side of things, we've, at very early, even before we had the the actual sex talk, you know, with our older boys, I remember we've been having the conversation about touch, about appropriate touching, how you never touch someone's privates and you don't let someone else touch you. And that's either a kid or an adult. Yeah. You know, we've always and had those talks. Does, and if someone does, us. you tell us immediately, yeah. right. And you fight for yourself. Like, we're like, you scream, you run, you go get another adult. Like, we, we just, you know, we want to teach them that early on. Because it is a sad um, reality that we, we do live in. There are people like that out there. And so, we you know, you want to teach your kids at an age-appropriate level about that and to also be their own advocate. You know, if somebody were to kind of act in a, in a way where they're trying to, to do something terrible to your, your child. So, yes, definitely be having those talks even earlier than the, the sexual, you know, kind of education talk, so to speak. Yeah, and all the episodes of Law and Order Special Victim Unit Gosh, that we I watch know. probably have not, you know, they have not helped. helped us because now I, I see a predator around. I know, around I know. every corner, guys. I, I hope that this conversation has been helpful to you. We've we've actually got um, a lot more resources on this, both articles, uh, videos, uh, other things as well, uh, including um, my upcoming book that I mentioned, Raising Boys Who Respect Girls, which you can find online, especially for those of you who are raising sons specifically. Or even mentoring. Or mentoring, mentoring or boys. coaching or teaching. Yes, absolutely. Um, check that resource out as a way to understand the way that that your son's mind is working, mm-hmm. the world he's growing up in, thoughts that he's feeling, and just get into his world, which is going to help you engage in conversations in such meaningful ways. Absolutely. You know, in the subtitle of Dave's book, it talks about how we need to address blind spots. And I think that that's the biggest thing is, even with us as parents, you know, a big reason he wrote this book is that I think we all unknowingly have blind spots. That's why they're called blind spots because we don't realize that we're not addressing our own kind of maybe a personal issue or an assumption we've made about our kids and about how we raise our kids. And this book is is so good about revealing where we all have some blind spots when it comes to raising our sons and how we can open up those blind spots so that we can see clearly and really be able to address those issues head on. That's right. Yeah. And and if you've got daughters out there, then you write the version for daughters. Cause like I don't yes. that's a that's a I didn't want to step outside of my own expertise. So I, I kept it focused on, <laughs> on the boys. But hopefully this conversation today has been helpful to you, whether you're raising boys 
or girls. We're going to transition into the way we end every podcast, which is with our Q&A segment. Normally, um, we uh, we answer them live on the podcast by questions you submit at nakedmarriagepodcast.com, which you can write us there anytime. Or also, you can write us on, on social media, Dave and Ashley Willis on Instagram or Facebook. But today, we're going to kick back to a recorded live question we answered at one of our XO conferences where we do a Q&A session. You can learn more about the XO conferences at xomarriage.com. We'd love to see you at one of our live events. But here is a question from a recent event. What are your internet slash social media phone usage boundaries in marriage, um, considering the time you both have and you spend with each other? So just kind of like an overview question of like, what are our house rules when it comes to phone and social media and how that relates to protecting our our marriage and our our time together? Yeah, no, that's a great question because we live in this age. We live in this age where you can be so connected by all these devices, but then you can also be miles apart with the people in your home, right? And that's just kind of the world we live in. So we have to fight against that. So one role that Dave kind of put into place was that he, he and I, now me, like when, when I was at home with the kids, when our kids were younger, he just vowed that he would never come home and enter our house on his phone. And I just thought that was such a great role because that meant when he entered our home, it was our time with him. He wasn't finishing up a call. And if he had to finish up a call, he would do it in his car. He wasn't gonna make us stand there while the kids are pulling at him and while I'm needing to talk to him and all this. And it really was awesome because it created more peace in our home. Another thing is, I mean, we just really try, you know, well, at the dinner table with our kids, we now have an almost 14-year-old, an almost 12-year-old, a seven-year-old, and a four-year-old. So our older two, they're very much in that, you know, cell phone age. And we don't let anybody have a phone at the table. It doesn't matter what, if they're playing a game, it doesn't matter if they're still talking to a friend. It's like our family dinner table is a sacred place. It's something where we connect and we really value that time with them. And the older they get, it becomes even more, that time's more fleeting. And we just really, you know, we have to lay down the law with that. So we do that. That's a rule for us too, because sometimes we can be in stuff. And I think, you know, on the practical level of accountability, what we do with internet and social media is um, every device in the house, every device that we have, like between us, there's, there is a secret free guarantee in all aspects of life. There's no password to anything I have that she doesn't have access to. Same with me. There is never ever a reason why I would be freaking out that she was using my phone or on my phone for whatever reason. If you don't let your spouse look at your phone, that's messed up. Yeah. If you value your personal privacy at the expense of transparency and trust in your marriage, that's messed up. And I'll just say it that plainly because some people with pride will act like, no, this is my business. You know, you stay away from, from my phone. Like, I'm telling you, man, that's where the serpent slithers in. You're so right. You gotta, you gotta keep stuff out in the open. And so we, we have a software accountability on our devices, both for us and for our kids. We've got adolescent boys now that are in yeah. a world that's just bombarding like a lots of temptation their way. And, and so every device that we use, um, we've, we've had covenant eyes, um, Custodio uh, is one we're using switch now to something too. called Custodio. Yeah. And it's, it's not only accountability where it would email you if there's something yeah. that they're trying to look up that is, you know, pornography or it, not even just that, like violent images. It could be anything, but it just kind of keeps us all accountable, but it also filters it. So it will block it yeah. and then it will email Dave and I and let us know about each other, about our kids. And it just, I mean, just to tell you, it blocks marriage today. Um, Sometimes. Blogs sometimes because they're about sex. Sometimes so, our know. own articles, like, <laughs> we if can't it's get about on. We're like, porn, I'm like, oh, can you release the hold on this? I got to be able to <laughs> I have work. to work but this blog, yeah. Just transparency is, yeah. is key and accountability. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. <laughs>